Hi, Richard Durrington, your jovial host for the last five years, here again. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. It's our October surprise. Every day we will hear practical insights from A Call to Prayer by J.C. Ryle. His heart and call is indeed that of a tender brother and our companion in Christian warfare as he speaks to us. Let me speak, lastly, to those who do pray. I trust that some who read this tract know well what prayer is and have the spirit of adoption. To all such, I offer a few words of brotherly counsel and exhortation. And suffer me then, as a companion in the Christian warfare, to offer you a few words of exhortation. One thing, at least we all feel, we must pray. We cannot give it up. We must go on. As Ryle's heart strides together aside your host, Fred, in October, we will hear their practical prayer craft that gives life to a growing, biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying, and consistent prayer life. And now, live from the paddock, here's your friend and mine, our host, Fred. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and I am the podcast principal. We are back in the paddock, as we like to say. Day 29 of our call to prayer our wrap-up of Call to Prayer in our October surprise. A Call to Prayer, as you recall, if this is your first first time, you probably don't recall it, but that it is a book, a little tract, he called it, written by J.C. Ryle. And we've been going over that in a year, in this year, and we have wrapped up our fifth year with our October surprise. We do something special uh, every year for that. But we've wrapped that up by finishing off his book, and we will finish off the book. I, I, again, I wasn't sure that we would. But today, we want to get right to it because today is one of the most personal statements for me that he makes. So we do want to get into it. J.C. Ryle says this, quote, and this is in Watchfulness in Prayer. Quote, If you will take care of your prayers, nothing shall go very wrong with your soul. In one of the Psalms, David writes that he stumbled, but God had taken a hold of his right hand. And that's the issue. We do all stumble and fall, and we do all sin. But the greatest protection we have, not just against not sinning, because we do fail at that, the flesh is weak, but in our attitudes, in the way we carry out the Christian life, and in God's moving on our Christian life, we are protected the closer we are with Him. I have sinned greatly in my life and continue to sin. I have failed at my faith many times in my life, not trusting God and taking action in fear at times in my life. But as my prayer life has grown and changed, in prayer is when He takes hold of my hand, and I tell people quite a bit, The best place at all in this life, mentally, physically, spiritually, is to be broken at the feet of Jesus in repentance 
an acknowledgement of our sin because of then he comes alongside us and he comforts us, reassures us in our forgiveness, and tells us to move ahead. And I want to use in our referencing, in our illustration of if you will take care of your prayers, nothing shall go very wrong with your soul. I want to use David and Saul, King David and King Saul. And if you look closely at their lives, and it took me a while to figure that, figure this out, but both kings sinned in a very similar fashion. But we look at one as a success and the other as a failure. And the question is why? King Saul started with false humility. He was chosen, it seems, by God because the people would like him. He was really tall and really big and really strong. And when he became king, he pretended to be humble. David came onto the scene as a young, small, he couldn't even wear armor. David was small and not a fan of the people. Even his own brothers told him to go home. Saul, King Saul, was concerned with his own kingdom and his own reputation, his own success, which led him to make the mistakes he made. And and to David was concerned with the reputation of God in his core. When he went to fight Goliath, he said, I'm going to defeat you because you have taunted the armies of the living God. And while King Saul then made excuses for his sin over and over again in front of Samuel, David, when he was confronted with his sin in the presence of God, he drew near to God in humility every time. He didn't excuse himself. He didn't say, well, I almost obeyed you, like Saul said. said. He repented immediately. Remember, in his last sin, when he was confronted by Samuel as king before David came on the scene. When Samuel came to him and Saul disobeyed, Saul basically said, well, I almost did everything you wanted. And if I remember correctly, Samuel said, obedience is better than sacrifice. And he never knew that. Saul never learned that, that God desired obedience and not sacrifice. And to David, in Psalm 51, indeed repented fully and truly. And we're going to look at that. Saul was jealous. Just one more quick thing. Saul was jealous of his own kingdom, and he hated his son Jonathan because Jonathan loved David. David loved his son Absalom, unrealistically so, it seems, but he loved his son Absalom. And when Absalom chased him out of the city, David said, maybe this is God's will. Let's see what happens. And then he would have liked his son spared, which of course didn't happen either. But the different attitude is, look, I I almost did everything you asked. That's what Saul said. David said, what is your will, holy God? Remember in the quote we have, and I, I didn't look this one up either, but he said, let him do to me as seems good to him. So he wouldn't have taken Absalom's life Saul would have taken Jonathan's life. Saul fought for his kingdom until he died. David said, your will be done. And we will never be perfect. Even when we are intimate with the Holy God of the universe, we will never be perfect. But what God asks of us is to bring our weakness and to bring our repentance 
to him. Psalm 51 is David's repentance. And when you've established enough of a relationship, we know as we do that, as we draw close to God, we know what he desires from us. And so when J.C. Ryle says, if you take care of your prayers, nothing shall go very wrong with your soul. And perhaps, perhaps, in our eyes anyway, maybe in my eyes, the worst thing David did was not go to war with his men, to have an illicit relationship with Bathsheba, and then to kill her husband to cover it. But when he was confronted, he knew God well enough not to defend himself, but to break down. And Psalm 51 is his breaking down before Almighty God. Verse 4, where Saul said, well, I almost did everything you asked. Remember? And then Samuel said, why do I hear these sheep in my ear? What David says in verse 4 of Psalm 51 is, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done what is evil in thy sight, so that thou art justified when thou dost speak and blameless when thou dost judge. And then in verse 6, behold, thou dost desire truth in the innermost being, and that's our sincere relationship. When we come before God with truth in the innermost being, then he will give us wisdom in our hidden parts because we have not withheld ourselves truly from him. And then verse 16, what David knew that Saul never knew was, for thou dost not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. Thou art not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise it. And if for no other reason at all, in our failures and in our struggles, if we have that close relationship with God, my beloved, we can be in the sweetest place here in this life, which is broken and con contrite at the foot of Jesus, knowing the loving forgiveness and the restoration that he brings to us. That by itself is worth a close, intimate, growing, biblical, dynamic, sincere prayer life. Brethren, let's examine our hearts. Let's draw close to God and find out what he truly delights in and then be open and honest with him. If you will take care of your prayers, nothing shall go very wrong with your soul. Tons of stuff has have gone wrong with my life, but God has made my soul steadfast. He made David's steadfast. He made Paul's and Peter's steadfast by his mercy and his grace. And that's what makes our repentance sweet. Heavenly Father, teach us to come to you honestly and openly lay ourselves before you, not make excuses, bring our weakness and our sorrows and our repentance, and then glory in thee when thou dost answer us. Amen.